Hello and welcome to Relay FM. That, well, that's not what it. How do we start the show? <laughs> Ooh, well, hey, welcome, to Relay, welcome to Relay FM. Welcome to Relay FM. Welcome to our website. Welcome, welcome to Relay FM, the home of Connected. There you go. Another fine podcast. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, why not? Why can I keep I it? I was going to merge from Relay FM. This is Connected and hello welcome. and welcome to Connected. And it came out <laughs> hello and welcome to Relay FM. <sighs> Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 445. It's made possible by our sponsors, Squarespace, ZocDoc, and NetSuite. My name is Stephen Hackett. I'm joined by uh, everyone's favorite co-host, Mike Hurley. Hello. Hello. And I am joined by everybody's favorite co-host, Federico Vitici. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. We're all here. Well, we're all here. Yes. All here together. We just talked about penguins for 10 minutes. We did. <laughs> we did. It was a wa- rip-roaring good time over at getconnectedpro.co. So that's exactly that's the kind of content that you can expect uh, from the pro show. It's mm-hmm. penguins and, and, and earth geography, I would say, was on, on this week's pro show. Anyway, uh, so Mike yesterday sends me a link on iMessage. I was like, check this out. And it's a YouTube video uh, to a channel uh, by Brandon Butch. And I see the little number of subscribers underneath the channel name, uh, 1 million subscribers. And this video, the title is, This ChatGPT shortcut for iPhone is, all caps, insane, exclamation point, parenthesis, here's how to use it. Um, So... Brandon did a full-on video, 10 minutes uh, of this video, about SGPT. And I, obviously, I am very, I am very glad <laughs> to see this video. And it's actually a very lovely uh, step-by-step explanation of how to set up SGPT and how to use it. And I think Brandon did, obviously, thank you, Brandon, for doing this. I think uh, Brandon did an excellent job. Sort of showing mm-hmm. off uh, a, a complex query that you can do in SGPT for playlist generation. Uh, Brendan asked for a workout playlist uh, with a preference for hip hop music and a specific number of tracks. And of course, uh, SGPT handled that uh, beautifully. So I was really happy to see that. One of the things I really liked, and it was such a simple thing, but it was like, oh, this makes so much sense to demo it this way is he doesn't type into the shortcut. He speaks into the shortcut. Like, yeah. he speaks into the text field. And it was like, yes. oh, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. really think to do that. But especially for demoing on YouTube, it's just like, that is so, like, such a sensible way of, like, showing how it would work. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that was really, that was just, like, really clever way of showing the action. It's just to speak it, which is also, like, pretty natural for something like this. Yeah, and it makes me realize, you know, just how much better the video format, whether it's YouTube or TikTok, would be for what I do. Uh, the problem is I don't like making videos and I don't like uh, a certain style, especially on TikTok, like a certain style of, you know, having to be clickbaity out of sheer necessity for the algorithm. But that's a different topic. In any case... Mm-hmm. This video is sort of the culmination of the sort of feedback that I've seen over the past week. And to quote, you know, this this title, it has been title case insane. Um, and I'm so happy to see 
just so many requests and the emails and the messages in Discord. But just, you know, I, I've been checking. Um, I logged I logged into Twitter to see if people were talking about it, and they are. And I saw folks sort of uh, sending this to some developer relations people from OpenAI, which is very cool. And it's been it's been sort of very humbling to to get the sort of feedback that comes with you know uh, dozens of uh, like like to my the last time I checked, I'm gonna give you actual numbers, but the last time I checked, uh, fifty thousand people alone uh, read the story about SGPT, which for a shortcut, like, that's unprecedented. And it wasn't even linked on, like, it's not like The Verge, right? Um, yeah. Linked to it, but it's been picking up, like, naturally uh, through Reddit and, and YouTubers and people on Twitter and people on Mastodon. Mastodon has been great for this. And it's just, uh, you know, having thousands of people uh, use this, yeah, uh, it, it's been very useful, if only from a from a design perspective, from a creative perspective, to understand. Okay, here's what people really want, and yeah, it's kind of new to me because, like, even Apple Frames, which to date I think it has been my most popular shortcut, but even Apple Frames is very niche and very sort of self-contained in terms of audience, and so to to actually get requests from new people and new types of users i saw it it was on tom's guide there was a an article on tom's guide talking about it wait really too, recently do you have any way of knowing um how many people have actually got the shortcut like yeah well like uh, not, not got because i cannot do I cannot do... Oh, look at that, Tom's Guide. I, I actually... See, this tells you just how frequently I check my analytics, which is very <laughs> unfrequently. Uh, I should have a way to see how many people clicked the iCloud link for the shortcuts. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously, I cannot tell how many people installed it because uh, installing they the shortcut is on, is on iCloud.com. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. there's no way for me to know. But yeah, I can probably check the uh, the... Click events on Mac stories and I'll let you know. This is one of those things too, though, with this shortcut, I think even more than any of your others, where the inability for you as the shortcut creator yep. to have updates for the shortcut mm -hmm. is like a real problem because when it's like Apple frames, I don't think it's so much of an issue because I would expect the majority of people that use Apple frames read Mac stories. So like not completely, but I would expect it's more than this that those people are likely to see that you have an update. But my expectation is that this shortcut will get and has gotten further than your audience. Like when you see YouTubers with large audiences, you know, with videos that have been watched hundreds of thousands of times or whatever, um, posting about this is, I think this is just going to continue to keep going out there. It's spreading away from you. like, mm -hmm. And then you don't have a way to communicate to people like, hey, I've improved this. Yeah, it's like it's a frustrating part of the system. So, by the way, it looks like on Mac Stories alone, about ten thousand people clicked the uh, the iCloud.com link for the shortcut. Yeah, uh, that of course does not include um, 
the iCloud.com link when it's posted on other places. Mm -hmm. Like on Brandon's channel, the iCloud.com link is right there in the description. There's no way for me to know how many people clicked that link. And similarly, it was also on Reddit, on both the Apple subreddit and the Shortcut subreddit. And there's no way for me to know how many people clicked that. Um, but the, the really the frustrating part is not having an update mechanism inside Shortcut as a creator. There's no way, like you said, there's no way for me to say right now, hey, there's a new version of this shortcut. Like, and I and I actually thought, I actually thought, you know, um, last year we had a discussion with Alex, our developer. Like, is there a way for us to actually consider our own like Mac Stories branded shortcuts updater? And you know, obviously that was not a priority with all the other things we we're working on. But it's something that I've thought about. Like, is there like a custom thing that I could do? Um, that is specific to Mac stories to tell people, hey, there, you're, there's actually a new version of this. But the problem with all of these features is that, and it's a similar conversation when it comes to monetizing shortcuts. The problem is, even if you put in this custom code, right, uh, people can always remove those actions. <laughs> and there's no way for you as a creator to lock certain features from being modified, Right, so even if I build a shortcut updater, or even if I build like a way for me to say this shortcut only gives you some features if you are a member of such and such membership program, people can always just go in and remove those actions and remove those checks. So how can you? There's no real creator support in shortcuts, which understandably Apple is not interested in, but. It's been a challenge, and I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably end up building my own updater at some yeah. point. And I understand why they don't have the ability to do it. Like, I get it, right? Um, like, yeah, It's complicated, for one, and two, it is also, like, a security risk. Like, I, I understand. Yeah. But then, similarly, if you have the ability to build your own updater, that is worse, from a security <laughs> standpoint, than if Apple did it, right? I would assume. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would very much prefer like an official way for me to say, "Hey, this is a shortcut that I shared with other people, and other people should know." You know, you should build it and you know, remove the stress of dealing with this and the time of dealing with this from me. Uh, yeah. I would love if Apple had an, uh, their own way to do this uh, that I could take advantage of. Yeah, um, because they could say like, "Hey, since you last run this shortcut, it has changed. This is the way it's changed. Do you still want to do yeah, it?" Exactly. You know? That that's all I want, like a little Sparkle yeah. updater <laughs> built yeah. Yeah. inside the shortcut. But yeah, it is what it is. And so I, I, I'm busy working on uh, on on updates. Uh, I think we're going to talk about this uh, later in the show. But yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been wild to see uh, people use this in action and it's sort of the things they ask, uh, which is you know, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, like yeah, I actually didn't think about this myself, and people have been using it this way. Boys, the time has come for what? The calls have been answered. Hmm. The YouTube app is getting SharePlay support. Really, finally, we can watch we can watch unboxing videos together. Together, this is going to be a YouTube Premium feature, mm. at least to start. Uh, it's also going to be come along with a new enhanced 1080p video quality setting, which Google, uh, YouTube says, will make the videos extra crisp and clear. I, don't, I guess it's just I see that as less compression on their videos. I would hazard a guess that this will probably be the most widely used experience like of SharePlay so far. Like I could imagine this being, even though it's just for premium, 
one, it is logical, right? Like I actually think of, of all the kinds of video content that you might watch with other people, YouTube videos, I think actually make the most sense as opposed to like the latest episode of the Mandalorian or a full movie. Um, obviously, you know, listeners of this show will know that lots of people use SharePlay for lots of things. We know that now. Remember that? When mm. I asked everyone to write in with their SharePlay experiences and they did. Yeah. So, you know, I know that people use it, but I think like YouTube is like a really interesting source for SharePlay. So I think this is actually a pretty cool thing. Um, and I'm pleased to see Google adopting a new Apple technology like this one where there isn't so much of an impetus for them to do it other than the fact that this would actually be good for their users to do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and it's especially fascinating to see this when you consider how SharePlay uh, works in FaceTime and iMessage and especially iMessage being one of the <laughs> one of the things that Google hates about about you know what Apple is doing with locking on iOS and the iPhone this is an iMessage feature that is only available to iMessage users and it won't work with text messaging on Android and still, they're going to enable this for YouTube, which I think is the right call. I just think it's uh, a little bit ironic coming f- coming from the company. The 15-inch MacBook Air is apparently uh, coming soon. Production is underway according to multiple supply chain sources, which could indicate a late April or early May launch. I mentioned this because, Federico, you had mentioned being intrigued about the biggest MacBook Air possible. So maybe you'll be able to get your hands on one before WWDC? Oh, that's too bad because I just bought an M2 MacBook Air. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm using it to record right now. Oh, you're using it right now? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Patented Federico Fatici review time. (laughs) What do you think of it? I love it, man. Isn't it incredible? It's, Did you get uh, the good color? You got the good color, right? What's a good color? Midnight. No, I got starlight. I got starlight because it goes really well with my furniture. Okay. That's why. You know yeah. what? I'll give that to you. Yeah. For, y- for you, I can understand that. But I still think the best color Man, is I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got to surprise you both with this today. Um, when I saw the topic in the document, I didn't want to add anything and just bring it on you because that's what I do. Um I love it. I love it. I mean, the just how lightweight it is compared to Sylvia's 14-inch MacBook Pro. Like it's it's wild to me just how portable it is. Um, love the keyboard. Uh, love the battery life. Um, display size is great. Uh, I realize you know it's, it's like a slightly bigger iPad Pro. Obviously, what's so and look, this is all part of. Uh, something I've been working on, uh, a story that has taken me into many different directions over the past uh, five months or so, and it's it continues to evolve over time. Um, essentially, I'm using this in clamshell mode uh, with my studio display, which is in, in and of itself like one of the many things that leads me to prefer macOS to iPadOS right now because, yeah, I have this computer in a 12 South book arc stand, mm-hmm by the right side of my desk. Very nice, very cool looking accessory. And I can just slot it in and uh, it's closed, but it lets me work on the studio display. I can, why can I not do the same with my iPad Pro? I don't understand. And of course, the, the thing that's so 
look, I, I, I'll be honest. Um, I am feeling the mixed feelings really right now because what's so funny actually no what what's so liberating i think is is a better word and what's so just fun is having the freedom to do whatever i want with my computer in terms mm -hmm. of software right mm -hmm. just uh, i went in i installed audio hijack i installed a bunch of utilities for changing how sort of enhancing macOS multitasking uh, trying to make it a little more similar to windows snapping for example i installed the logi options software so then now i can customize how my mouse work how my mouse works and how my keyboard works um, just being able to do whatever i want with software um, but the thing is, mixed feelings, because I cannot do whatever I want with the hardware, right? At the end of the day, it's still a laptop, and I so many times I try to touch the screen already, and it doesn't do anything. And of course, you cannot you cannot uh, fold it all the way back and sort of hide the keyboard. Well, you can one time, and then that's it. <laughs> it's a one time and one time only. So savor that opportunity if you really want to do it. Um, <laughs> But like it's always gonna be a laptop. Except for the one thing that you are already doing, where you are able to turn it into a desktop, which admittedly is not as exciting yes. as yeah. as turning yes. a, a, a laptop into a tablet and vice versa. But. Exactly. And so and so unfortunately, and this is a topic that I think I'll I'll sort of this this idea that I will need to develop further in the story that I'm working on that we'll talk about over the next few weeks. An imaginary gunpoint right now. Like if someone were to came to me, you know, and I like to be a little tragic with these things, but it helps the thought exercise. At an imaginary gunpoint, would I choose right now in, in, in April 2023? And it's a non-lethal gunpoint, so don't worry about it. But it's just, you know, then you what's the you, point of the gunpoint? Well, it's it's for the scene of it, right? Okay. You know, it's for the drama of it. <laughs> like pick one mac os or ipad os use a mac or use an ipad i gotta go with mac os right now yeah, because of i i gotta go with mac os because ultimately while i'm really missing the the ability to use it as a tablet and to touch the screen and to just carry it with me as like a touch device Ultimately, I can do more things with the software and I can, and this is an, an essential point for me, I can tweak the multitasking to my liking, mm -hmm. which I cannot do on iPadOS. So if I had to pick one, iP iPad and me, we've had so many great memories together. And I'm still using an iPad. I'm still using an iPad Pro because, hey, I love reading my articles and, and watching TV shows and, you know, doing tablet things with the iPad. But it hasn't grown and it hasn't gone in a direction that is conducive, I think, to my work and to what I need to do. And so even though I love it, what's that, um, Stephen, what, what's that Death Cab for Cutie song you referenced in your MacBook Air Oh, the story? Um, I'm a War of Head versus Heart? Yes. That it's, line? It's exactly, it's exactly that line. Like my heart is, you know, uh, it belongs to the iPad Pro, but my head tells me, look, man, you just are faster and you do better work, faster work, more work in less time on macOS. 
And so if I had to pick macOS, this computer right here is the, perf the perfect balance for me so far. That's Crooked Teeth is the song name. Thank you. When you're using it with the studio display, you're just using like the singer, single Thunderbolt cable lifestyle and just plugging it in and letting everything go from there? See, this is the thing I cannot be too detailed about. You guys know why. But yes, I am using a single Thunderbolt cable. Well, no, I can be a little detailed. I'm using a uh, th that USB-C um, switch we talked about. Uh, what, what was it called? Not the cable con, the other one. Cable mod. No, cable. it wasn't no. the cable con. It was it was the wait. What's the name? It's under my desk. I don't remember. Just crawl under there and look. We'll 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 stick around. Oh, hold on. Did we talk about this in the main show or in the pro show? I don't know, but if you haven't heard the pro show, it's easy to find relay.fm slash connected slash join. It doesn't have a logo. It doesn't have a logo on it. So I don't remember the name because it doesn't have a logo on it. But I'm using a USB-C switch um, that goes into the studio display. So I guess I'm using USB-C rather than Thunderbolt. But still, everything works. Uh, the speakers work. I can change the brightness. I can issue software updates for the studio display. <laughs> that, that's a fun... That's a fun That's process. a fun thing to fun thing to do. But yeah, I ha, I am using to paint you a picture. I am using a, I, I now have finalized a desk setup where I can slot in different types of computers and I can switch between all of them uh, with a single cable, the MX Keys mini keyboard and the Logi Lift Mouse. They support three devices, and I can use all of them with the studio display. So that's the idea. I found the link. Uh, we did we did speak about it on the pro show, but you're using the Conbull USB switch two in one output. Conbull. Thank you. The Conbull. Yes, Stella that's Con, what I'm using. But of the bull kind, not yeah, of the okay. cable kind. Yes. The. Uh, yeah, and the Book Arc, of course. The Book Arc. I can put in the MacBook Air. Or the iPad Pro with the smart, uh, what's it called? Smart folio, uh, mm -hmm. not the Magic Keyboard because it's it's the Magic Keyboard makes it too thick. Uh, but obviously, the iPad Pro, the, the screen doesn't turn off when when it's connected to an external display. So yeah. it, you're always gonna have that thing in your eyesight. Uh, but that's it's it is what it is. I recently tried my uh, MacBook Pro in clamshell mode because my, my setup now is a 14-inch MacBook Pro off to the left uh, with it open as a second screen and then the studio display right in front of me. And I was like, well, you know, it would be neater looking and like a little bit tidier if I used clamshell, but uh, I really like having the second screen. So I, like, I work on the studio display and then my Mac is usually Todoist and Timery open, kind of half and half. And then right now, Audio Hijack and Zoom are also over there. But uh, the clamshell mode thing is pretty sweet. And it's gotten a lot better, I think, with the the Apple Silicon Macs. Uh, I know when I, I used to use it a bunch. And on Intel Macs, like sometimes they would get confused. <laughs> like, oh, there's not a display plugged in or it would be the wrong resolution or something. And uh, I know, I know uh, from listeners of MPU and other and other folks that use clamshell mode it's it seems really solid now uh which is which is good has that been your uh has that been your experience like it it does the right thing when you plug it in well at least so far i've had i've had, i've had, now that i'm that i'm thinking about it like i've actually had one 
time yesterday. Uh, this is sort of unrelated to what you said, but uh, it's in terms of like plugging this in, um, the USB-C switch um, sort of reset itself to input number one and uh, macOS needs to uh, go on input number two. But that only happened one time. I, I don't know why these switches can be weird, I'm guessing. Um, but everything else with the display worked as intended. And this is actually also going into the... Uh, wait, we, we talked about this. I think it was also on the Pro Show. So, hey, uh, the the exclusivity time, I guess, is over now. Um, yep. I'm using the... the statute m- of limitations. Yes. This is actually going through the Microsoft Audio Dock that we discussed on the pro show. So that's acting as the uh, sort of video host device. Uh, So it's actually going MacBook Air, Microsoft Audio Dock, USB-C switch, studio display. Sounds complicated. I'm actually very happy with my cable management, Um, but it totally works. And I'm getting a a 5K image here. So, um, you know. There's no latency or anything. It just works. Speakers work. Brightness works. So, this isn't your first Apple Silicon Mac, is it? You had an M1 Mac. I had a review. I had a a review unit. A review unit for a uh, 14-inch MacBook Pro last year. Ah, yes, 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 yes. It's nice to play around with macOS again. Um, It's kind of scary and and daunting initially coming from years of iPad OS. Um, and I probably never kicked the habit of trying to use this as a touch device for so many little interactions that often are just so are just faster or easier with the finger compared to just using a trackpad. Like sometimes I just want to touch a button or scroll by you know touching the screen. Um, which is why I absolutely cannot wait for Apple to make a hybrid computer of that kind, but that's going to be a couple of years out. Uh, this is not my first rodeo with an Apple Silicon Mac. And of course, I also had, you're right, I also had a an M1 Mac Mini. I still have the M1 Mac Mini. I got a refurbished one. Uh, but that's now sitting in the closet, being my little home server that I use for my music library, that I use for Hazel automations and a bunch of other Mac Mini things. Uh, but yeah, that's still, it's, it's now being put out, you know, in a closet, living its retirement in a very cozy home. Passionate ones, we're going to be recording our members special here pretty soon. Uh, all members of Relay FM shows get access to all of our annual specials every summer. And uh, Mike, you want to tell us what we have planned and where they can go? Yeah, we're going to be doing a special edition of the quizzes where uh, I need your help to fill out a form that is in the show notes. It is called Do the Passionate Ones Know Mike? There's a selection of questions about me. You need to answer them, like what is my favorite X, Y, and Z. And I will then be quizzing Federico and Stephen on your answers. So they will have to try and guess what you think I like the most. You know how we've done this, the the passionate ones uh, quizzes that we've done before. This one will be about me and that will be recorded for our membership special and the scoring will carry over so that whatever is scored will be added to the overall totals and uh, we will update you on those totals in due course if you have not, uh, if you do not decide to uh, do the right thing and check out the member special. 
This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, even content. Squarespace has you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your visitors come from, you know how does someone come across you? Where do the sales come from? Which channels are the most effective? Well, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. And once you have that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on things like top keywords or your most popular products and content. And if you use Squarespace email campaigns, those uh, analytics measure the impact of every send. And the email campaigns are really easy to set up. You can build a sign-up form on your website so visitors become subscribers. You can customize the email so it matches your brand, colors, logo, all of that stuff. It looks really professional. And you can uh, use Squarespace to expand your site over time. This is probably my favorite part about Squarespace. And websites, sometimes what you need today is different than what you're going to need tomorrow or a year from now. And Squarespace has powerful tools for things like blogging, sharing stories, photo galleries. Uh, You can host podcasts, all sorts of stuff with Squarespace. And you don't have to build that on day one. So if you want to add that to your site down the road, it's really easy to do it. That's something that is uh, really powerful about Squarespace. And it means that your site can grow with your brand over time. Head on over to squarespace.com slash connected for a free trial. There's no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash connected. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of Connected and all of Relay FM. Some time ago, the Steve Jobs archive was created. And this is from a, a selection of people in Steve's life. Um, uh, so I believe it's being led by Lauren Powell Jobs and Johnny Ive, I think, are, are two of the key individuals that are, that are putting together the archive. Do you remember who else was involved in this, boys? If you don't, it's okay if not. I do not. I can find it. I'll find it in a minute, and 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 I'll because now now their website is basically it did have this information, and I've gone to look at it now. But now it's all around this uh, book that they've released. Um, they've put together a bunch of things, and they've released uh, a book called uh, "Make Something Wonderful," and it is a selection, a heavily curated selection of things from Jobs's life. So it's speeches, uh, emails imagery um, and some conversations with people in his life and it's all sort of like narrated through like there's context given around the things that are in this book Um, it is available on the web there is an epub there is also a physical version but it is not for sale Mm -hmm. so i have seen some of these on instagram um and also uh disney have been giving it out to some employees too. I'll put a link in the show notes to a post on Daring Fireball, which has some information about this. But also there's a a really beautiful letter that Disney CEO Bob Iger accompanied with the versions given to some employees at Disney, talking about their relationship. Have you read this? No. Stephen, have you read it? Uh, Not fully. I've 
as I started on it last night, but didn't finish it. Yeah, I've I was I am going to read it, but it's actually quite long, like longer than I was expecting it to be. Um, and I will go through it eventually. Um, like a, it's something I really want to. Like I've gone through and I've looked through the imagery and like sort of skimmed through it. But it's something that uh, I actually don't want to rush because I I think that there could be not there could be I can see that there are some some really interesting things in this that. I don't, I'm happy exist in the world, right? Like there are books mm. and there will be books and there will be many more books, right? There will be books forever about Steve Jobs and people will be able to make whatever decisions they want, you know, about him and his life and his attitude and times and all that kind of stuff. What I really like about this is the web layout. I feel like I should point out the web. It's super well done, incredibly smooth, and I love the um, just how the, the the table of contents works, especially on mobile. Like it's not it's not always that you find a a, a book on the web that is totally supported on iPhone. I mean, no surprise. I mean, it's it's a book about Steve Jobs, and you know. People who worked on the original iPhone are directly involved in the making of this, but sort of tapping the table of contents and uh, you know that animation that sort of zooms out, all the pages zooms out, and you can scroll very quickly, uh, very smooth in Safari. I just I love it. It's so well done, and it's so much uh, like so much better than I think having a regular EPUB or even a. Uh, like a regular iBook in the in the books app, I, I think this is so much nicer. And there's a actually quite a few things here that I will like to steal for uh, you know uh, a future version of of something like this on Mac stories. Like I just love even on desktop with the mouse, you can just click and and scroll through this progress bar on the right side to go through all the different eras of Steve Jobs. It's so well done on the web. I'm. Huge fan of this web. I think layout. it's Loren Powell Jobs, Tim Cook, and Johnny Ive are like some of the leads of this, like the archive. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are many people involved in it. I was just Googling around there while you were talking about that, Federico, and I can't find anything more than that. They announced it together at the Recode conference a little while ago, and then they had some small yeah. pieces of information, but this is the first big thing. The website is designed by Love From, and it's typeset in Love From Serif. This makes me feels so good that this is something Johnny is doing. Like this feels like he is yeah. honoring him. Like he is able to honor Steve yes. by having his new project work on something like this. And I just find it uh, to me, it's just such a beautiful thing. Uh, it, it warms my heart. I, I would agree. I have not I've only looked at this on the web and I thought that the web layout was beautiful and like the way that the timeline updates and the way that you can do the zooming out of the timeline and all that kind of stuff is like really nice. And it it has the sense of feeling like an exhibition on the web, right? That yes. like you could go somewhere yes. and see this, like the way that they take so much space between the imagery. So like even though it's scrolling, you kind of get one image at a time but without it scroll jacking to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this is beautiful. And I think, Stephen, you put a note in that the EPUB is not so good. It's just very straightforward. Like the web is totally the way to, to do this. You should um, use iBooks author. Am I right? Yeah. 
Oh, iBooks author. Uh, yeah, the the EPUB is just very straightforward. The iBooks or Apple Books version, I guess, is kind of in between. But the way to read this is is on the web for sure. You know, then download the EPUB for and also, all eternity. That like the the logo that they have made that's accompanying this, which I think is new, which I think is the logo for the Steve Jobs archive, is just incredible. It's incredible. It looks like a key and an apple tree and an apple fell out of the tree. Johnny Ive is the best. Um, I love him so much. <laughs> I, I just got to say, like, I just love him. This is something that's so special. I'm going to, I want to sit like down and like look through this thing and take out a bunch of quotes. Like I'm going to pour time into this. Yeah, me too. But in true connected style, why don't we roast Steve Jobs office? There are two images oh of his office. They are, I've got the links in, in our document and they'll be in the show notes. They're like two uh, links from the archive. I have seen, I think we have both, all of us seen images from this photo shoot before because I am familiar with this. Yeah, image, image 65, which is the second link. That yeah. photo I know I've seen before because of the tiny little uh, yeah. cheese grater model is that a model is that what that is i think we talked about you know what if apple made a power mac that small at some point i was i was very confused by that part of the image like i was like is there a perspective issue like what is going on here no it's a little a little model i get it now but like when i was first looking at it earlier i was like wait what what is going on so he's got a uh he's got a 30 inch Apple cinema display, aluminum cinema display. On the floor mm-hmm. in one of the pictures, you can see a mm-hmm. smaller one. Like he got the upgrade mm-hmm. to the 30 and didn't want to use the the 24 or whatever he had before. Which He just yeeted that off the desk. It's gone forever. He did. He did. Does he have a picture of himself on his desk? No, it's not. I don't think it's a picture of himself. I would hazard a guess and say that's his dad. You sure? That's what I'm going to say. I don't know. It is a picture of a man on a desk. On the desk, right? Oh, sort of, kind of looks like him. Whatever it is, that image on the back is a handprint. You see that? Like, if you look at the other mm-hmm. image, yeah, it looks like it's, like, standing yeah. against the thing, and there's, like, a handprint on one side, maybe. Or maybe that's yeah. something else, and the image is leaning against it. Because, like, here's the key thing to take away, gang. Steve Jobs, messy boy. Big messy boy. Messy boy. Because I think that's why this image has been pretty infamous, that... Steve Jobs, messy office, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Well, I never noticed a detail that I appreciate. He had Genelec speakers on his desk. Oh, that's a choice, Steve. I was going to ask you two about this, what, what Genelec was, their speakers, huh? Yeah, that's a good choice. I had a bunch of Genelec speakers myself a few years ago. A great brand. That's that's a that's a choice. That's a choice. There are a couple of things I notice. Uh, one, where he's sitting. Look at that phone. I mean, who is he? The president? Like, yeah. Look at all the buttons on that thing. Like, of course he has a like a lot of lines. He's the CEO of Apple. Like one of those buttons is Johnny. One of those buttons mm-hmm. is Tim Cook. One of those buttons is Eddie Q. Yeah, etc. Right next to it, I noticed a uh, water bottle. I believe that's a Smart Water is the brand. That's, that's my water of choice. I like Smart Water. It's really good. It's also what he what he would drink during keynotes. Like you always see Smart Water oh, on yeah. stage when he would like flick the thing, and he had that like very particular way of drinking. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Very consistent. You would hear it on his on his lav mic. You know the image when he's standing bookshelf right. 
a few things about the bookshelf is interesting mm-hmm. to me. One, huge basket on the top of the bookshelf, which is just weird. On the left, second down, mm. just tons of bottles of something. It looks like Aesop to me, but could be anything. But like, like little bottles with droppers. Whatever they are, lots of them, right? Lots and lots of bottles or something. It's interesting. Hey, what's up with the dude creeping from the window? Oh, I made you look. <laughs> oh, darn it. I'm like, where? where? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> he, has a, uh, he has a camcorder on the floor. Maybe like, what's that Canon one everyone lusted after for a long time? In the image where he's sitting, there's like a stack of things. There's a trumpet. Oh, that's a trumpet. Yeah. It is a trumpet. Wow. Maybe one of his kids be, plays trumpet. He couldn't even be bothered to remove the shipping label from the box on the floor. They'll deal with that later on. You can you see know? the barcode. I could probably try and scan it and add yeah. it to deliveries. There's like a there's <laughs> like a tripod <laughs> just sitting there too. Man, this is a this is just good. This is good stuff. It is good. Well, uh, this 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 picture they're so full of detail. Yep. Yeah. The lamp, the lamp isn't the floor lamp. It's is it? I bet it's not plugged in. Look at that cable on the floor. I bet it's not plugged in. It's also kind of weirdly. I mean, we can't see what's past it, but it seems like it's kind of in the middle of the floor. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So so the Steve Jobs, you know that very famous photo in the eighties where he's in an empty apartment, right, sitting on the floor, and you see this picture. This is what having a family does to you. Mm. This is what happens <laughs> when you're young and single and cool. You can be a, you can have a minimal life, and then I bet half this stuff is his kids' stuff. They they drug in there. Yeah, well, this this to me is older, Steve, in that way because if you've read Small Fry. Have you read Small Fry? It's, it's uh, Lisa Brennan's book. Lisa Brennan Chops' book. No, no. When she was young, he was still very particular. That's a great book. It's a weird and interesting book. It's a, I like it a lot. Uh, anything else here? I like the little mobile or kind of like the little statue piece of art on top of the speaker. Yeah. That looks fun. That probably costs like nine hundred thousand dollars. That thing, yeah, right? yeah, it's some, some famous piece. Whatever that know. is, is just obscene. Uh, he uses the dock on the bottom. Yep. Mm. Yep. Which is a move. A uh, lot of stuff on the desktop, but not not a ton. Maybe like a dozen things, folders and documents there down the right hand side. But there's a gap. There's a gap and one's off to the side, so he's not sorting by name or anything automatically. That's just like living the living its own life up there. Yeah, he just drug it over there. Mm-hmm. Is that is that that is that the word drug? I always struggle with that. Is it dragged? That falls into the category of lay versus lie, and I never get it right the first time. That also, I believe, is a uh, bundled wallpaper that came with OS X back in the day. You've got to assume that he's using whatever they put in there, right? Because there are obviously things he likes, the images, right? Looking through the stock images that came, not the blue star, you know, or the star field patterns, those, but like just regular pictures that also came bundled with OS X. I've had that thought of like, I bet Jobs had a say in these, you know. Have we, have we pointed out on the floor next to the trumpet the booklet for a car? The photo is that a photo? That is a car is brochure. Like a, yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. He wants a new car. Yeah, it's a car brochure. Yeah, it was buying a new car. I guess Project Titan confirmed. Project. Well, we cannot make out the brand. Unfortunately, it's just way too blurry. I think he's using the 
was it the Mighty Mouse too? That looks older than a Mighty Mouse. The, or the one with the clear plastic. This is like clear plastic. Yeah, the the Pro Mouse. Pro Mouse is that what it was called? Yep. He's got an eyesight camera. Just a precarious stack of CDs. They're ready to go at any moment. They're ready to go. Those things. Yeah. Right into that trash can. That's something that that's going to go. <laughs> I just realized on the screen, I think that's iTunes. Yeah. That, I mean, it looks it's like open. it. It's got that uh, view, well, right? There's a sidebar. Like, it looks like a... iTunes yeah, Music Store, this... I think, is what that is. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. He, look, he's ripping CDs. He's seeing what he doesn't have. That's true. He's, what is it? Rip it, burn it. What is it? Rip, rip mix, burn. Rip, mix, burn. Yeah. That's it. Rip. There you go. <laughs> rip it, ship it. <laughs> Grip it. no i I love i love these images i mean he's just he's just a a person everyone's office could look like this Mm. a lot of people's offices do look like this and i mine does mine does right now you should see it look at look at look at this guy i have the same office as steve no i don't i just have a messy office that's all i'm saying my office is messy Mm. well do you have a do you have a trumpet on the floor you should put one if not. And I, I like that the desk, I'm not sure that's actually a desk. That looks like a, just like a table. It is a table. That's a table. It's not a desk. It's, it doesn't even have a drawer. It's made from the Joshua tree or something. I don't know. You know this is like. We got some real time follow up. Someone just sent this to me. Okay. Nine to five Mac has a, uh, a feature on SGPT. Oh, look at that. It's, it's going all over the place today. Really? Totes viral. Oh, well, thank you, Chance. I appreciate it. You just need, you just need, just need one YouTuber, and then sends it off to the races. Can we say that he took a chance on my shortcut, or is that you can say it? You can say it. No, I like it. Well, you're gonna get, you're gonna get. Oh, thank you, Chance, being you know kind enough to say go to Mac Stories to download the shortcut. I, I appreciate it. Not everybody does that, so thank you. So Steve Jobs' desk, uh, thumbs up or or thumbs down or uh, thumbs, you know, in the middle. Oh, I give it a thumbs up for the chaos. Me too. It's messy, but it's great. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll approve it. I mean, it's it's messy in a peculiar way, and and I think the trumpet really sells it for me. As I and it's the the weird mix of items in this photo in these photos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it does it for me. So, yeah, approved. I will just, last thing I'll say before we release him, his book storage is terrible. <laughs> Every shelf, it's done differently. <laughs> it's chaotic, for sure. Every shelf is the books are they're in a different orientation. They're leaning different ways. Sometimes they've got things on them. Sometimes they haven't. There's one shelf where it's, they're just all horizontal and stacked vertically. Like, yeah, that middle yeah. top shelf. Is, every single uh, is a real every scene. shelf is telling its own story when it comes to how the books are stored. Uh, one of them is just like as it's like every book is precarious because of all the glass bottles lined up in front of them. It's just like they're all they're all something fresh. That's a disaster. On the floor in front of the bookcase, he has like a silver carrying case. Yep. Secret Apple stuff in there, I think. Oh, I just it's vinyl. A secret Apple vinyl. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Zocdoc. It really stinks when you go to a doctor's appointment expecting to be the center of attention. Then your doctor seems like they have better things to do and better places to be. You're, you're rushed around. They're not listening as intently as you would like. They're not helping you along with your issue. They're just checking the clock. Well, in ZocDoc, you can find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. 
ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Finding the right doctor who can join you on your path wherever you are is really important. I went through that a couple years ago, finding a new family doctor, and I finally found someone who I feel like I really click with. We spend time together. Uh, she asks good questions, and that means a lot to me. And uh, using ZocDoc, you can find somebody like that. When you're not feeling your best or just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of your energy. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Their free app is used by millions. You can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. You can book an appointment with just a few taps in their app and start feeling better, faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com connected and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com connected. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of the show and Relay FM. Federico, we've been talking about your shortcut, but how is the rest of Automation April? Uh, it's going really well so far. The shortcut is still uh, the shortcut contest is still open. You have uh, I think five days uh, still to participate in the contest. You can submit up to two shortcuts. People are sending theirs, and I'm scared already of by the thought of having to sit down and sift through all the submissions. But also, I'm super happy to to see those at the same time. Um, so you still have five days for the contest, and you can go to shortcuts.maxstories.net. To participate in that, uh, and on the on the content side, uh, as I sort of uh, hinted last week, the uh, the success, the in, in many ways for me unexpected uh, success of SGPT, has uh, forced me to rethink my plans for the month. I sort of suggested last week that I was leaning toward doing this, uh, but the events of the past week, including right now with 9to5Mac, have convinced me that I am uh, throwing away all my pre-existing plans for all the different things I wanted to do with SGPT, and instead I'm going all in with SGPT. Um, I have written, I just need to edit it, but it's it's done. Uh, There's a huge... uh, comeback for my Automation Academy series for Club Max Stories Plus and Premier members. I, if I can stay up late tonight, I'm going to edit it tonight for tomorrow. Otherwise, it's going to be Friday morning. It's 4,000 words about the making of SGPT, the first part, uh, highly technical, uh, sort of uh, getting deep into the details of how the ChatGPT API works, uh, just in general lessons for dealing with web APIs and shortcuts, and some of the techniques that I use specifically for SGPT, like uh, the conversations, uh, storing those in variables, all that sort of stuff. At the same time, I'm also working on SGPT 1.0.2, and I'm making plans for version 1.1 and 1.2 later in the month. Uh, short term 1.0.2, which will come out either tomorrow or Friday, um, will have support for dates. So uh, SGPT will be aware of what the current date is and what the uh, the current time is. So you, you will be able to perform time zone calculations with natural language, and you will be able to do things like, in general, SGPT will have awareness of the current time. So you will be able to ask general date questions like how 
you know, how long until Christmas, for example, or um, stuff like if it's 9 a.m. for me right now, what's the time in New York? Or you can do things like uh, tell me about five events from today in history, but dating back to the 1800s and no older events than that. So you can get really creative with support for date and time. There's going to be better support for the Apple Watch, for dictation. Uh, I realized I forgot to enable dictation mode if you were asking follow-up questions on the Apple Watch. You will have better support for ending conversations. So right now, the only way to uh, stop a conversation was to either, uh, say, export chat and then uh, click the X button or to hit cancel. The problem is that if you were using SGPT via Siri, and a lot of people have emailed me about using SGPT with the HomePod, uh, there's no cancel button, obviously, and you need to use your voice. And so you will be able to use the word no or stop to end uh, SGPT in a voice context. Um, what else? Oh, and there's going to be our friend, uh, for a, a little lesson that I learned from the Apple Frames API, pass-through mode is coming to SGPT. So you will be able to just give it any text from any other shortcut or from the share sheet extension, whatever. Just give it some text and use SGPT as a function of something else. So that's also something you will be able to do with version 1.0.2. And what else? I don't know. People are submitting shortcuts. John is working on other stuff. I'm really grateful that John is taking care of the non-SGPT part of Automation April. He's been working on different things, so I'm very, very grateful that, that I have one true John helping me out here. And uh, yeah, um, the contest is ending on Monday, I believe, and we're going to take, take a little time to judge everything and announce the winners in May. But yeah, it's, it's going in a good way. It's going in a direction that I did not anticipate, but I'm trying to make the best of it. Super good. Yeah. And I mean, why wouldn't you, right? You've got this like little success on your hands. It's like perfect. Yeah. It obviously is timed perfectly for Automation April. And then it's also great marketing for Automation April. So go for it. Yeah, it gets, gets the name out there, gets the name of Max Stories, the name of Automation April, my name as the shortcut creator out there. So that's cool. And, you know, it's... It's it. I guess it's a, my my Q said something on iMessage like it's a, it's a mm. zeitgeist. That's why it's just thing. so popular. And so. I think that's yeah. yes, yes, because everybody's into ChatGPT right now. So I I hope this is gonna be popular, but not this popular. I mean, I've done things that have taken me much longer, and it's always how it goes with these things. Um, you know, just got to try many different things and see what sticks. And uh, yeah, this one seems to be sticking. So, Speaking of trying things and seeing what sticks, mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about Apple's rumored 27-inch ProMotion display, shall we? Well... Or the one that doesn't exist. Well, yes. maybe it does. Nobody knows. No one knows. Well, someone knows. We don't know. This has been rumored for a while, a 27-inch external display using mini-LED backlighting and supporting ProMotion. So I guess effectively a, a desktop version of the display that's in the 14- the and 16-inch MacBook Pro. Well, is 27 inches the studio display or is it bigger than the studio display? Okay, yeah. Yeah, studio display is 27. The Pro Display XDR is 32. 
2. Ah, yes, that's the one that's different. Okay. And there's been a lot of uh, discussion around where this would fit in the lineup. Would this be, uh, like some people think, uh, kind of in between the studio display and the pro display XDR? Although in a lot of ways, mini LED backlighting is actually nicer than what's in the pro display XDR. It has a bunch of dimming zones, but nothing close to what a mini LED display can do. And uh, curious what y'all think about this. Is there room for a third display? Are we going to go from a world where Apple had no external displays to they have three? Well, well, it's what they do, though, right? I mean, they they love having their options. Uh, What's the price of the studio display? The base base price of the studio display. The studio display starts at fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, and you have options for nano texture, which is an additional three hundred. And then if you get the tilt and height adjustable stand, it's another four hundred. So you can spend. Okay. Let's see. You can spend up to two thousand two hundred and ninety nine dollars on a studio display. Okay. The Pro Display XDR starts at forty nine ninety nine, and then it's another grand for the for the stand if you want that. Yeah, see, so there's there's definitely some something in the three thousand dollar price range. Yeah, that could appeal to people potentially. You know, whether like maybe you wanna you're you're able to spend a little more than a fully spec'd studio display XDR, uh, studio display. Uh, but you don't wanna you don't want or you can't or you don't want to. Uh, you know, go all the, all the way up to a Pro Display XDR, and there's that three thousand dollar price range there for you to get a, a Studio Display mm-hmm. Pro or Studio Display Max, whatever, or just a Studio Display with Mini LED. They could call it, and uh, that's sort of the the better option. So there's good, better, best right there uh, in in the lineup. I think they could do it. I think it fits perfectly into the lineup because there is that huge gap in pricing and practicality and functionality between Mm -hmm. the the studio display and the pro display um like there's there's no of there is basically zero overlap between the customer base of those two products like realistically like if you were coming to buy one of these machines today and this machine uh, this sorry this screen and this screen would fit really nicely like you know i've been waiting because like I want to get another studio display for my other Mac, which is a MacBook Pro, and I'm kind of like, well, mm-hmm. I would kind of like to be able to match what the MacBook Pro has in it. And you can't right I now. can't do that. And so I've kind of been holding out, and I'm going to continue holding out, I think, for, for something to, to be announced here eventually. Because it, it is kind of a shame to me, really, to have this like mini-LED ProMotion display plugged into i mean i got into an lg now but even when i had it on a on on the studio display it's like it's actually a downgrade in everything but size which is like a really weird thing Hmm. so like i think that this is a perfect fit in the market but so display analyst ross young said that apple had abandoned their plan to bring this product to market it was initially expected to debut in 2022 but has been quote killed off for now and he says that the reasons are unclear for the cancellation. And Ming-Chi Kuo subsequently reported that this product will reach mass production in late 2024, early 2025. So it sounds like it's been delayed more than it's been canceled. And it potentially, and there's like some mix, mix up. There is also the question of like, well, if this thing was actually supposed to come out in 2022, which is the original rumor and it's still not out, they might be just like, all right, we're going to go back and like 
retool and reposition this for something coming in 2024 or something. I don't know, right? Mm Because it's felt like this was going to come alongside a Mac Pro. Like it was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Do those two things together. Well, we don't know about that Mac Pro when that's coming, if it's coming, if it's coming. If it's coming. They said it was. They said it was. And that and that may be I, I didn't do the math, so forgive me, but it may be that what this it may be that this is twenty seven inch five K because they can't even drive like hundred twenty hertz at six K over Thunderbolt right now. I d I don't I don't know. Maybe the chat room can do some Thunderbolt math, but it is it would be, I think, a little bit weird if the Mac Pro doesn't have an accompanying display. That's that's basically how it's always been. Uh, except for the 2013, because Apple was, you know, already kind of backing out of the display business even even back then. But I think there is room for something in the middle. Uh, I think I just get hung up on this is better than the Pro Display in in a, in a lot of ways, right? Um, we didn't even mention some of the creature comforts of like I really like having a display with a camera and speakers in it. Turns out, right? When I sold my Pro Display XDR, I could get rid of the external webcam and the speakers if I wanted to. And that's, there's something to be said, I think, for the, hey, you just plug this in, it kind of has all the stuff you need aspect to it that the Pro Display doesn't really offer because, like you said, Mike, it is geared toward people working in like those professional workflows, right? Like I ended up with one because it was the only option if you didn't want the LG 5K. I do think there is room for something in the middle. I just I just don't know what they do with the Pro Display XDR. Like the thing is what f- coming up on 4 years old at the end of the year and and that's not bad, but it the technology in it to do the the backlighting and stuff, it, it basically was was kind of outdated pretty quickly. I mean like a year or two to the to the uh, iPad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, the 12.9 inch was the first mini LED and still the only mini LED iPad. So I don't know what they do with that. Uh, it feels weird that they would just let that product sit. You know, maybe this comes out and this is all they have and the Pro Display XDR kind of fades away and they, they sell two 27-inch displays. One is like, you know, what we have now, which is basically the iMac 5K panel, but a little bit nicer. And then one is like, hey, you got a Mac Pro or a MacBook Pro and you want to really push things, then we have this other thing. And the $5,000 option just kind of, kind of goes away and i think if they don't have a meaningful update for the xdr i think honestly letting it go may be the best option for the line yeah. i mean i i wonder like, there's so much talk about oled right apparently coming next year i wonder mm-hmm. if they they've just like this thing took longer to get out than they expected and or it didn't have the the product fit because of the things they were looking to to release mm-hmm. that they're just gonna wait now and and the next apple pro display or studio display will be an oled display because if they are really truly a year away from oled let's just leave many led and everything that it's currently in and then just jump to oled like it is better we may as well just go to that you know and and make that like the thing that they do i want to ask you about the mac pro real quick so Mm -hmm. i've been hearing ben thompson suggest this which is an interesting theory that Apple have potentially gone back to the drawing board a little bit on the Mac Pro to focus it around um, AI. Hmm. And I find that an interesting thought that like, because what he's saying is like, who is the Mac Pro for? And the potential customer for the Mac Pro now 
is actually potentially more just like make this the best it can be for AI. So the ability to have a bunch of GPUs, the ability to think about the neural engine as a big core of the machine. Have like really who needs an edge case Mac right now? It's probably people working in AI because everything else in the product line can more than suffice. Like it's not video producers anymore. That's what Apple always focused it on, right? That's been like the high-end Mac stuff for forever. Apple's just like, look at this in a music studio. Look at this in a video production studio. And yeah, yeah, everything else that is currently on the market is doing a good enough job, if not actually a better job, right? Like the Mac Studio, the Mac Mini, the laptops, right? Like the MacBook Pros. It's all as good, if not better, than the current Mac Pro. So, like, what are the edge case uses now, if you're thinking about those? And, I mean, I don't even know if you'd call AI development an edge case use anymore, right? Like, and, and and so by the time they bring a product to market, would it not make sense? Like, this is the Mac Pro. This is a machine that you can throw as much processing or GPU power as you need to for AI development. Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely a, a growing market there. I think my question is, what is Apple Silicon good at right they have in the system on a chip they have the uh the neural network stuff but if a lot of this is running on gpu and let's just say let's just let's just wave the wand and say okay apple silicon can support off die gpus which in of itself is unknown right all we've seen so far is system on a chip even if let's say they have some sort of sweet you know gpu options that are you can scale up and down inside the box is that enough to be good in those markets or is what's out there now all built around very specific Nvidia platform or AMD platform? Apple's not going to have those probably unless they open the box up more than I think they will. Tuning the hardware is one thing, but then can they convince people working in these fields that their hardware is worth the time and energy to get things up and running on it is mac os ready for that too right it's it's more than just the silicon and i just don't know if apple has a standing in those fields to make that uh make that claim i i do think the mac studio and i think this is ben's point the mac studio puts the mac pro in a weird position especially if they're not doing the quad system on a chip which has been rumored to be pushed off like, what is the difference? Why does this thing exist? And and maybe this is the the way, but I just wonder how hard of a sell that is to people working in that field. Well, something's clearly changed, right? I think we can say that's the case because they've not met the time frame and they, they committed the cardinal sin of calling it out by name. So, like, they thought yeah. they were closer, I think, than they have actually been, right? John Turner stood on stage and said, like, there's one more product coming and it's the Mac Pro. I would assume that they had a release date for that product, which they've now passed. Because why on earth would you do that? You didn't need to do that, I don't think. If you if you, if then the option was like it's a year. How long ago was that now? It was at the Mac Studio event. And the Mac Studio came out or was announced in March of last year. So more than a year. So it's been over a year since then. And we are now approaching a year late on the two-year transition, right? Yeah. Because that's June, right? June is then three years since Apple Silicon. 
Yeah. So <laughs> what's going on? Something's going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if they've taken it, if like that's true, that they're going back and like, okay. Because clearly Apple has shown they have an interest in this, right? They, they was it, um, was it Stable Diffusion they got running on Apple Silicon? Mm-hmm. Right? And so there is a push from them for this. Yeah. And look, I don't understand enough about how these models work and how silicon works, but it would sure be interesting for Apple to try and convince developers to get their models running on some version of Apple silicon if they ever want them running on the iPhone. And if you're able to create a like perfect environment with a ton of power in it in the Mac Pro with the ability of then trying to scale something down to run on other machines later on, then there is a story there that makes sense if anything that I have said is possible, what I've just said, right? Like I'm, I'm taking a lot of logic leaps because I don't understand enough about how this works. But that could be a use case that would make a lot of sense to me because Apple, obviously, like we were talking about a week or two ago, they will want this stuff running on device where possible, right? Just makes logical sense for their their product fit, Right. They're not going to want to be sending stuff out to a cloud to be processed somewhere. They will want it running on device where it can. And the more that they can potentially try and encourage that with hardware that can run it as things are being developed, that makes a lot of sense to me, if that's possible at all. This episode of Connected is brought to you by NetSuite. Being a business owner or working closely with business owners means knowing your numbers. If your business earns millions or maybe tens of millions in revenue, stop what you're doing and take a listen. Because NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out their best offer. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 22 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place. To reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. Having all the information you need in one place makes it so much easier to make decisions. I know when I've got a decision to make as a business owner, having all the data, having all the info really makes a difference. And everything is much easier when everything operates uh, with information available. It really means that smart decisions can be made faster. This NetSuite offer is extraordinary. So join the 33,000 companies who have already upgraded to NetSuite and gain visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special offer at netsuite.com slash connected. That's netsuite.com slash connected to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash connected. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. Mac Rumors is reporting that Ming-Chi Kuo has said, The next-generation iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max will no longer feature solid-state buttons due to an unresolved technical issue before mass production. Yeah, I take this personally. Okay, this is a personal attack. Mac shouldn't shouldn't have done this. Why are they doing this to me? 
specifically. They shouldn't have reported this. They, they by by reporting. Oh, this, it was Joe. Come on, Joe. Joe listens to the show. Why would you do this? By reporting this, they are willing. They are willing this into existence now. Now this is going to happen. They jinxed it. <laughs> oh, so the problem was them talking about it in the first place. Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay. I I I, I was all happy and excited for the solid state buttons and the programmable button and Mac rumors Mac rumors just had to go out there and report this. Yeah. And now and now, and now we're not going to get the fancy buttons. They're not going to happen anymore. They go on to say Mm. Quo said there is still time for Apple to modify the iPhone 15 Pro's design given the device remains in what is known as the EVT development stage. He believes the change will have limited impact on mass production schedule and shipment for the Pro models. I don't understand how it's possible in April for Apple to still be making decisions about the iPhone in September. It's It's kind of late, right? It is. It feels late late to me, but Quo seems super chill about it. So I don't know, (laughs) you know? He's the, he's the one with the yeah the people in the supply chain talking to him. I, I do wonder if this is the case. Jason has talked about this. I think it's really smart. If this is one of those things of like this is delayed information that this is actually yes came out yeah you know, or came up in February right and he is he is hearing it now. I, I don't know. It does seem late because it is a a big difference. Like what kind of buttons you're going to put on the side of the phone, the firmware and software you have to have to manage those buttons as we've spoken about that's all got to be dealt with as well i think it's going to be a little disappointing if we don't see it because i do think as we've talked about the potential of this is really cool but maybe it's going to be uh, another year yeah maybe this is one of those cases where you know for the past month we've all been speculating you know talking about these solid state buttons and maybe you know inside apple there's a few people who are just laughing at this like uh, and those folks are like yeah that's so six months ago and we're basically hearing these echoes from the past and people inside apple already had these discussions and these decisions were made like many many months ago but we are on we are delayed it's like sending a message to outer space it's like sending a message to the voyager or something we're mm-hmm. just hearing this this decisions from many months ago now um it seems honestly it seems kind of late to just on a whim like that in april be like hey you know what that phone in september Mm, probably gotta change the buttons (laughs) well i'm sure it wasn't on a whim it's like hey tim what do you think of this get rid of it okay and they just go to it yeah yeah uh, you know it's probably not tim loves the switch just like me tim Tim says, I reach into my pocket. I don't even need to look at it. And I can tell my phone's muted, you know? And so now they're like, oh, got to keep Timmy's switch. Yeah, sure. The Tim switch. I mean, I'm still going to be happy with a phone that has a new design, maybe a titanium, you know, casing and, uh, you know, maybe slightly bigger display, whatever. But I was really hoping for that sweet programmable button. And it is unfortunate. Uh, if it's not going to happen. It is being suggested this will be put into development for the iPhone 16. So maybe you just skip this year, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, that's 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 yeah, another year. You know, it's, who knows what's going to happen in a year. Well, we'll all be a little older, you know? Maybe there'll be a Mac Pro, yeah, maybe. even. It's, it's hey, would crazy. You, hey, would you, rather, would you rather get a Mac Pro now or the fancy buttons in the iPhone 15? That's that's tricky. 
Well, how much money do you want to spend, Stephen? <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not really looking to change my computer setup. Yeah, I know you're not, but you will, because you've done it like twice in twelve months. That doesn't seem sound like me. That's one hundred percent what you have done. In fact, you've done it like three times because you you made a change and then you changed the change. I do miss my Mac Pro. There, here it comes. Here it comes. Time marches forward. Time marches forward. We and we've talked about if it's a cube, then Federico and I are both obligated (laughs) to make a purchase. If it's triangular, then I will definitely buy it. Anything else will come under consideration. The the literal power of the pyramid. Power of the pyramid. Mm. I always find these sort of stories interesting because I I think I at least kind of lose track of just how long Apple's development cycles are, right? Like we we talked about this in the last segment with the Mac Pro, like clearly something has changed and it takes a long time to make those changes and decide what they're going to be. And, you know, we're all using the iPhone 14 Pro, but the 15 is probably close to being done and you know out several years they have their plans and and of course things move around and and change right there 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 have been iPhones like wow this really doesn't feel like a big update and you always kind of wonder like was there something meant for this that didn't make it now this time around we do have the rumors of the slight redesign the titanium on the pro phones which i would love i would love these phones to be lighter weight so I think there will still be good things in this phone, right? You've got the whole camera situation, too, to talk about. Uh, so if this slides, I still think the 15 Pro could be really compelling, but I think we were all jazzed about this. And uh, hopefully they can they can sort it out. I'm sure they can. You know, Apple's got a bunch of smart people. And I would rather those smart people realize, like, okay, this is not the time for this, than push out a feature that's kind of... Uh, half-baked or kind of weird or janky or they can't make enough of them you know maybe this is not an issue with technology but an issue of supply and they don't want to have phones back ordered to kingdom come because of these fancy buttons when given another year they could ramp that up so there's always multiple factors that go into this the thing about this for me is it flies in the face of that like often said thing of like apple's decided the designs years in advance it's like it's like, there's no way they could add this feature now. The phone's design is done. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, and I guess. Like, this isn't just like, oh, we just changed the buttons. Like, there have got to be significant changes internally to accommodate either one of these decisions, right? Of like the solid state buttons or not. And so like, it's like, I know that, you know, it's not like uh, putting touch ID in a button or whatever it might be more complicated, blah, blah, blah. But like the the idea that like the phones are 100% locked in two years before they ship. I mean, it's not strictly true, right? Like clearly, if this is all of this is to be believed, there are ideas, there are overall plans, but details can still change less than six months before they will be shown off to the world. Yeah, I think things like uh, color, I think in particular, may be a little bit later in the process, right? Apple has whole whole groups of people that all they do is is figure out what colors people will want. And I can see that being something a little bit later in the process. But it is, uh, it is an interesting story either way. And I think this, coupled with the Mac Pro and the studio display, mini LED version, all of that stuff. Like we're seeing uh, a lot of examples of Apple 
I don't know if struggling may be too strong of a word, but like continuing to, to flesh out this transition and their other product lines where, where when the world isn't quite back to normal yet, you know, even things like, okay, is the Mac Pro going to be re- retooled for AI? Like that's not a COVID thing, clearly, but that they exist in a world that changes quickly around them. And sometimes they've got to shift gears. Well, if you want to find show notes for the stories we spoke about this week, they are in your podcast player and they're on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 445. There you can also become a member and get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. He's also the co-founder over at Cortex Brand. Go check out their products. You can find Federico at MacStories.net, the home of Automation April, and of course, of uh, lots of great coverage of everything going on in the Apple world. If you're not reading Mac Stories, like, what are you even doing? Uh, you can find me at uh, 512 Pixels, and I'm the co-host of Mac Power Users that we publish every Sunday here on Relay FM. If you're on Mastodon, you can find us there. Uh, Federico is at Mastodon.MacStories.net as Vitici. You can follow Mike at Mike.Social. And you can find me as ISMH at eWorld.social. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. They are Squarespace, ZocDoc, and NetSuite. And until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.